It's time to get in the game. What's up, team? Welcome back to another episode of the Get in the Game podcast, the podcast where we explore ways to get off the sidelines, stop making excuses, and get in the game. I'm your coach, Trevor Dean, and today we're going to be talking about the Great Commission. But before we get started, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you haven't already, please go and like and subscribe and follow us on all of our social media handles. Um, that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, YouTube, our handle is the at symbol at getting the game PC. Again, that's at getting the game PC. Um, you can also email us at getting the game podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on our website, www.gettingthegamepc.com to do everything. You can watch, listen, uh, you have links to our social media, links uh, to all of the listening um, uh, streaming services, and also you like right on the page itself, you can watch the video. And at the very bottom, we have a contacts like contact us uh, link, so you can email us from that as well. So you really, the website is your go-to page to hit up everything. And again, that is getting the game pc.com. www.gettingthegamepc. Com. Now, with all that being said, we're going to get on to today's topic, the Great Commission. When you hear the word commission, what do you think? I know the first thing that pops into my mind, especially with some of the work that I did just recently, one of the jobs I had that was full commission um, was selling solar uh, is a payment for selling something, uh, a, a, an amount of the sale that you get back that you get to keep. And that's like your that's your payment whether you have a salary with it or and it's on top of it or if you're just strictly a commission-based um, employee. But that's not quite the um, the term or definition of the term that we're going to be talking about today. The the definition we're going to be talking today is actually more of um, a job or a duty. Uh, actually, in the Oxford Dictionary, it defines commission as an instruction, command, or duty given to a person or group of people. So it's something. It's a noun. It's something given to a person or a group. Um, the way I think about it, it, it could be uh, maybe in the classroom. From uh, it's a duty given from a teacher to a student. Or in athletics from a coach to his or her um, captains of the team. It could be also in the military from an officer to his or her subordinates. Or maybe it's just in work or life from a boss to an employee or a parent to a child. If you're the person that is being commanded or instructed, you are now being commissioned by that person given that command or, or order or whatever it may be. In fact, my wife and I are actually in the process of commissioning someone to do a wooden mantle, a big wooden mantle for our fireplace uh, in our living room. We've given him instruction on how we want it to look, uh, maybe the type of wood, the steam we want, the dimensions, 
um, and he's going to get back to us with a sample. And if we like the sample and he actually wants to do the job, then we will have just commissioned him, if that makes sense. So we, we would be, uh, he would then have the duty to complete the job. So in that context, um, that's kind of a business example, but in that con context, um, we're commissioning him and he is being commissioned. If that, if that, and the commission is in this context, the job of making the mantle. Now, this is like I said, a, a business example. Um, you might liken that to like an artist or a songwriter or a jingle producer. They have something they're hired to do uh, in a monetary fashion to do a specific job. Maybe it's to write a jingle for a commercial or it's to um, create a piece of art that would then go on display at uh, the first thing that popped into my head, like maybe the foyer of like a children's hospital or something like that. Big piece of art that would be a standout piece that they would see. And then they get paid for that commission uh, for that job. They've been commissioned to do that work. But what about when like parents command, instruct, or give a duty to their child? There's no exchange of money. <laughs> well, not typically. There's not exchange uh, of money. Not in, in my case as, as uh, that it would be. There's no payment, just the responsibility of doing the job. And usually the reward comes much later and usually in a way that we don't actually realize or we weren't expecting. This describes the Great Commission really well. If you haven't heard of the Great Commission um, or aren't sure what it says in the scriptures, you can find it in the last five verses of the book of Matthew. This particular passage comes after Jesus has already been crucified. He died, he was buried, and he rose from the dead. And he spent 40 days showing himself to his disciples and to many other people around uh, that region right before he ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of God, this is what happened. So I'm going to read it. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So there's a few different things in there that we can unpack. First, they, they met Jesus in Galilee on a, on a mountain. These are his 11 disciples. And you might be wondering, Coach, what... I thought he had 12 disciples. Well, that is true. But remember, if you know the story of uh, of the crucifixion, Jesus was betrayed by one of his disciples. That was Judas. So if you've ever heard that context of like, oh, you're being a Judas or, uh, you know, that sort of thing, that's because of this story. Jesus was betrayed and handed over to the, the Jews, the Romans, by Judas. Judas... Uh, he pointed him out. He is the one that uh, sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. And because of the guilt of it after it happened, after he was crucified, 
Judas then went and killed himself. It's not a fun story, but that's the truth of the matter. He had this guilt. He tried to give the money back. And it was basically, it was, it was too late. You know, all this, you know, all of this was already in the, the, the process of happening. Jesus was already turned over to uh, the Jewish Sanhedrin and then to the Romans. And there's nothing he could do to stop it. So his guilt drove him out of the city to commit suicide. So that's why there's 11 disciples. So that's a small tangent, but that's why there's only 11 on this mountaintop with him. And then when they saw Jesus, so they saw him again. So it says right there, they saw him again and they started worshiping. Jesus is worthy of praise. And so I don't want to, I don't want to escape this uh, episode by, by saying that he's not. Jesus deserves all of our, our praise. He deserves all the glory. We deserve none because we can't do anything outside of his power. We can only do what he allows us to do. And, um, he deserves all of our thought, all of our glory, all of our emotion, and all of our worship. And it shows right there that they 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 bound it. They saw him and they worshipped him. It says, but some were doubtful, and uh, I can only imagine um, that you 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 just saw something. You know, like even though you, you saw him die, you saw him on the cross. So I would imagine that these are the people that spent the most time with them. And if they were doubtful, I would probably still be doubtful too. I don't know for sure, but I'm, I'm guessing that I probably, even though I see him, I might be thinking, did he have a twin brother? Did, is this another person who just looks a lot like him? Um, what's going on? And then he says, to them, and this is one of the most important things I, I see, is he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So he's already saying, I'm in charge. Everything, he's given all authority, so everything bows down to me. Everything is under my control. And then he gives him the commission. Go, therefore. And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So he tells them to go. So if the way I, I, I kind of I take that, let's let's take it back to the military. If an officer tells someone to do something, gives them an order, they now how that that officer has the authority to give them that order. That next, that that uh, uh, that person. So whatever branch you're in, you know, a soldier, uh, a sailor, a marine, uh, an airman, whatever it may be. If you're given that order, you now have the authority to carry out carry out that order. So you now have that authority that you've been commanded to do. You have that authority to, to go and do that. So if Jesus is telling them that all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, go with my authority and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's powerful. That means that we're going 
with with Jesus. Because in the next the next verse, verse 20, it says, to teaching them, uh, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So he's alluding to other commandments, other other things he's told them. And the last part, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he's saying that I am I'm with you. Go because I'm with you. That authority that I have, I'm telling you to go with it. And also, I'm gonna be there with you. It's it's just it's amazing to me. Um just to think about what is is happening, what is going on. And so um in Matthew, it doesn't quite say what happened next. But after that, this is this is the Great Commission. So after this, Jesus then ascended into heaven. He literally rose up, like started rising above him into heaven, and they witnessed this. So I guarantee you, all those people who had doubts, they you know, who were spending time with this person who just saw that happen. Those doubts were gone. And we the reason I know that the doubts are gone is because of where we are today and how popular, um, uh, how far the word has spread, how far the gospel has spread into this nation and all nations of the world. Because it started with those 11 men, and then one was added later. And then those 12 and the other people around them, and then on Pentecost when, when many believers came to to uh, a knowing relationship with Jesus Christ, it's spread out across the world. Because it says, all the nations. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. It doesn't say just stay in, 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 in Judah, in Jerusalem. It says to go out and tell people. And that's powerful. And that's what we're... That's, <laughs> That's what we're supposed to do. That's our job. That's the Great Commission. That's for all of us. That's what, no matter what you do, no matter what your vocation is, no matter um, what your hobby is, doesn't matter if you're a male or female, your job as a Christian is to tell people about others, make disciples. That's our commission. Tell people about Jesus. But don't, let this one, uh, this one passage, these five verses, be the only thing that we think that we have to do. There are other commissions that God and Jesus have given us throughout Scripture. Probably the most famous ones are the Ten Commandments, because in the in the definition it says an instruction, command, or duty given to a person or group of people. So the Ten Commandments is a list of ten commissions. Ten commands that you are supposed to follow. Two of those, which are also echoed by Jesus in the New Testament, is to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. So you're supposed to, he said that those are the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body. Heart, soul, mind, spirit. And then this, he said the second one is just as important, to love your neighbor as yourself. Those are also, those are commands, those are commissions that we are to carry out because that's what being a Christian is, is what 
it's a duty that you have to fulfill as a Christian. The, the, on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he also said that you should turn the other cheek or you should pray for your enemy. These are things that we're supposed to do. In the New Testament alone, there are over a thousand commands for Christians to obey. And I believe in the Old Testament, uh, there's like 613 different ones in 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 the Jewish you know, the you know the so the the new the Old Testament is is an account of Jewish history, and so in those Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament, 613 commands there. And that's probably, obviously, um, includes the Ten Commandments. So we've been told by Jesus to obey his commands, his commissions. And so we must do that. You're probably wondering, how do we carry these out? One, we have to know God. And how do we know God? We have to be in the Word. We have to be in the Bible. And we have to pray. We, we learn how God is. We learn who Jesus is. And his his character, his spirit, his um, how much he loves us by reading what he's instructed us to do, by reading his history, by reading the things he's done for us. I mean, there's no greater picture of the love of God than the gruesome sight of Jesus hanging on the cross. Jesus came knowing and willing. That he would no one willingly or willingly know and go that he was going to be here on this earth to live and die for our sins so that we could be forever with him in heaven. Because he was the way that we were going to become righteous through his blood, his sacrifice. So by in the scriptures, that's how you that's how you find out who God is, and then through prayer and meditation, with that, you you meditate on the things that you've learned, and you talk to God about who He is and who you are, and what what's going on, and just diving deep into getting to know God. So, getting in the Word, reading your Bible, and being in prayer is how you get to know God. And then being in the Bible is memorize scripture. Know, don't just know God, but know the scripture, know the word, memorize it. You know, there's all sorts of memorization tricks and stuff out there that you can do, but just make it a habit to get up and to read and not just read for, which is, which I think is important. Read, don't just read to to see what God is doing. It's important and you need to do that. But sometimes we need to go back and we need to study um, a certain passage and say, I'm going to stick on this little passage right here because this this hit my heart or this is speaking to me. I'm going to memorize this so then I can recite it to myself over and over during the day so I can imprint it on my heart so I can memorize it. So when I need that kind of encouragement or I need that reference it's already memorized. Why we want to memorize? Well, in First Peter, it says we need to have a defense. So that's the next one. How do we carry these out? Have a defense for your faith. In First Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, it says, 
Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation, and do not be troubled. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. So he's, Peter's telling us not to be troubled. Uh, don't fear their intimidation. So it's basically, if you're going to be zealous for what is good, if you're going to be uh, out there doing God's work, telling people about Jesus, not being ashamed for it, you're going to get people who are um, who are going to challenge you, if that makes sense. Don't fear their intimidation. Don't be troubled. Especially if we know why we why we believe what we believe. We always need to be ready to make an account, give a defense for why we have the hope we have. If you know your scripture and you know God, that is a great starting point. Because you can use scripture in that way. But there's always there's one more thing that I, I feel like you need to do and you need to incorporate in this and, and how we can carry this great commission out or any of the commissions. It's simply just go. As the as the podcast says, get off the sidelines. Just go. Get in the game. Get in get in the field. Start telling people about Jesus. Go tell people about Jesus. Spread the gospel. The gospel, like the word gospel means good news. That's what it means. So go spread the good news. And the good news is that Jesus gave us a way to have eternal life. And the reason he did that and why he did that is because he loves us. How did he do it? He came and he lived a perfect life. He died for our sins. He was buried and rose again and is alive today on the right hand of God. That's powerful. Obviously, you need to tell people who Jesus is and who God is. But you also need to tell others what he's done in your life. And that's called a testimony. It's your life with Jesus, your life with God. That's what grips people. That's what gets people um, interested. They, especially if you're telling people who know you and who, who might not have a relationship with God. If they love you, they trust you, and then they see this testimony of what Jesus has done in your life, that's what's going to make a difference. That's... That's the seed that's going to be planted deeper into into the soil of their hearts. This is your story, and that's a great gift from God. So don't be afraid of of what um, God has done in your life, or you feel like he hasn't done much. He's working things in your life that are different from others. You have gifts in your life in your life that you can use in ways that others can't you have a purpose and so i encourage you to to write it out if you have to 
Um, think about your testimony, how you got to know Jesus, and then what he's done in your life since. Maybe the hard times you've gone through and the great times you've gone through and how all the glory goes to God. When things are bad, he's gotten you through. When things are good, he deserves the glory. It's your story, like I said. Use it, tell it, and go spread the gospel. That's what we're here for. That's the Great Commission. That's it for this week. I know it's a little shorter than normal, but uh, next week we'll spend our time talking about, you guessed it, testimonies. It should be a good one. Um, it's not going to be, it's not necessarily going to be a, um, like a continuation of this. It's literally going to be on testimonies and, uh, I'm going to share mine with you next week. So, uh, please, please pray for me, uh, because I'm one of those people who feel like I don't have like a great testimony. Uh, but I have, uh, I have a passion for sharing Jesus with people. And so, um, that's. Uh, that's why I'm going to, to tell you. I want to tell you a little bit more about me uh, in my walk with Jesus. So you may have gotten to know me a little bit more as coach and, and the things I do and the, and the work I've done. But um, my actual walk with Jesus is something that I want to share with you. And uh, I think it's important and hopefully it's encouraging to you uh, to, to use it as you go on and fulfill the Great Commission. So... I, I'm kind of taking my own advice and uh, I'm kind of going to make it and stop making excuses that my, my uh, testimony isn't that great. Um, and I just trust that God is uh, going to use it for his glory and not mine. So thank you all so much again for tuning in. I love you all. Let's get off the sidelines, stop making excuses and get in the game. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Get in the Game podcast. Please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way to support us. Find us on YouTube and subscribe for more content. If you would like for us to pray for you, or if you have topics that you would like us to tackle in upcoming episodes, email us at getinthegamepodcast at gmail.com. That's getinthegamepodcast at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Get in the Game PC. If you've experienced getting off the sidelines and getting into the game yourself, please let us know. And remember, it's time to get in the game.